Welcome to another episode of our Smart Money podcast series, presented by GNF Financial Group, empowering your life beyond banking. So let's set the scene. You're doing your weekly grocery shopping, and you notice the price of your favorite yogurt has jumped overnight by $2. Your grocery bill ends up being $20, even $50 more than usual. It's shocking, and it's something we've all noticed recently. The cost of living, of gas, groceries, housing, has spiked dramatically. I'm sure many of you can relate. So what's happening? And will it stop, or will prices just go up and up? How can we live with this? With me today is Tyler McLean. Tyler is a seasoned financial planner at our credit union, and he has years of experience working with regular people like you and I, helping us plan for and reach our goals. Today, we're talking about inflation. What is it? How is inflation experienced differently from one person to the next? We'll hear what the Bank of Canada is doing to combat inflation, and most importantly, what you as an individual can do to manage the rising cost of living and still achieve your financial goals. So Tyler, thanks for joining us today. Can you start with what exactly this word is, this word we hear so often? What is inflation? Hi, Katie, and thanks for having me here today. Inflation is the persistent increase of prices over time. Or to put it differently, it's the decrease in the purchasing power of our money over a given period of time. Thanks, Tyler. So why does inflation happen? Well, there's a few different ways why inflation can happen. One which we've seen since the pandemic started is the increase in the money supply. The uh, central banks started pumping money into the economy to really help all of us with our day-to-day costs, bringing interest rates down. Another is what we've seen kind of at the end of the pandemic here is the increase in consumer demand. You know, a lot of people through COVID maybe just foregoed those trips that they had been planning for, you know, maybe years prior to 2020. Now those savings have built up and you've had the ability now to use that money, but maybe you're using it locally. So prices are just going up, whether it's travel, whether it's housing or groceries. There's that pent up consumer demand. Uh, we've also seen with, uh, you know, the, the tangling of uh, the supply chain, supplies, supply decreases. Um, we might also see that just general labor costs or costs for inputs to get the job done. So whether it's the price of fuel to transport your groceries to the grocery stores, all of those input costs are really affecting the things like groceries that we buy and we need each week. So Katie, we've talked about the increase in the money supply the increase in consumer demand, supply-side decreasing, and input costs rising. All of those have a direct impact to rising inflation. Right now, we're seeing it all coming to a head, and that's why we see inflation rising to the level that it is today. Okay, so it's a little more complicated than I actually was thinking. But I want to talk about the steep rise in the cost of groceries. This is really challenging for families. And who's making money on this? Why is my favorite yogurt so expensive? Will the cost drop back down to the price I'm used to? Well, Katie, you know, grocery stores make very low margins in the businesses that they run. They're really not the benefactors from the inflation that we're feeling as consumers. There really is no one benefiting from inflation at the end of the day. It's kind of like that example we were talking on the grocery stores, the, the higher cost to, to you know, transport the groceries from store to store or warehouse to the location. Because of the added fuel costs or because labor costs have gone up, 
all of those input costs trickle down to the grocery store, ultimately to us, the consumer, and that all adds up over time. Next time you're at the grocery store walking down the aisles, take a look. You might find that your favorite bag of chips is a little bit lighter, but it's the same price. That's a new phenomenon we call shrinkflation. Uh, shrinkflation, okay. So is that a new concept? Something we're hearing more and more, Katie. It's, uh, it's, it's new for us to, to probably pay attention to. Good to know. So how is inflation experienced differently by different people? I'll give you a case, Katie. If you were, uh, you know, we look around the lower mainland here and a lot of individuals who might be driving a Tesla or another electric vehicle, you know, how is the rising gas prices affecting them with inflation? Probably not as much. You look at someone maybe who's going to the grocery store who might be talking about the price of meat. Well, that may not impact someone who doesn't eat meat. Housing prices, if we look through 2020 when and 2021 when inflation wasn't really a headline uh, topic, but housing prices were going up in astronomical numbers. There were individuals who were not in the housing market that were looking to buy in, and inflation could have never been higher for them. So it's really uh, individual in how we view inflation. Inflation in general is just a, a general price point on a basket of goods that the Bank of Canada has has assumed uh, to to monitor to see what the prices are doing on a year-to-year basis. But those goods in that basket may not be applicable to all of us. Yes, and you make me think about those who are in their retirement period. I mean, how does inflation affect them? It's very difficult, Katie. When you think of individuals who might be on a fixed pension, uh, maybe getting their Canada pension plan or their old age security, which is indexed to inflation, but it will not be keeping up with this uh, period of inflation we're in today. So it's very challenging. Maybe their savings accounts are not keeping up as well. So it's, it's very difficult, and it's something that we're talking to a lot of our members about for their retirement planning. Yeah, I can see how this affects different people in different ways. So who's doing anything about this? How do we get help with combating the effects of inflation? Well, Katie, there are things that we can do individually, but there are uh, powers that be that, that do try to help with this. And those would be our central banks, whether it's the Federal Reserve in the U.S. Uh, or it's the Bank of Canada. Uh, around the early 90s, the Bank of Canada tried to start targeting an inflation rate of about 2%. Uh, by the mid-90s, they got that all under control, and um, they've been really trying to keep it around that 2% range and, and have done a fairly good job of it uh, in that last 30-plus years. So what they're doing and the the levers that they're able to pull is really raising interest rates. When they raise interest rates, it means that our cost of borrowing as consumers goes up. It's not just us, but it's corporations as well. It just means that we're paying more to the lenders that we have borrowed from. We have less in our pockets. So it starts to tighten up things in the economy. When there's less money uh, floating around there, driving up prices, demand starts to drop and prices start to drop as well. In the beginning of COVID, the central banks needed to help us out. They pushed on the gas. What that gas did is it lowered interest rates, made it easier to borrow, stimulated the economy. And now they see a red light up ahead. That's why they have to raise interest rates and slow the economy down. So on the positive side, Katie, this won't last. U.S. inflation is starting to go down. We're starting to see signs of that, and that's the first signs that you know we are really looking for here. Canada will likely 
uh, do the same. They'll, they'll follow suit with the U.S. All of this takes time. It's a bit, bit of a bumpy ride to get to the finish line, but inflation will start to come down. Well, that's encouraging. So what can a person uh, do to deal with the rising cost of living right now while inflation's still rising? Well, this is a great time, Katie, to pull out that family budget. Take a look and, and just see if there are any items on that budget that you can trade off. You know, if, if we're used to uh, steak that is rising, you know, very highly in price as of lately, and you could maybe swap that out for chicken. A uh, simple example of something that, um, you know, easier said than done for the steak lovers out there, but it's, it's uh, maybe something you can look at um, in our own budgets. And then where are you putting those extra dollars? If you're saving that money, maybe you have the ability, if it works in your cash flow, to focus your debt repayment, especially those higher interest personal loans and lines of credit that have a floating rate. And that means that they're, they're linked to those rising interest rates that the central banks are, are increasing. So if you have the ability to pay those down, focus on those. Okay, so even though my mortgage might be many, many hundreds of thousands of dollars, in this situation, I should look at those smaller loans with that floating rate and try and pay those down quickly. Absolutely, Katie. We like to advise our members that we're working with to focus on that higher rate debt. And in this time, that floating rate debt it would be the, uh, the ones that we should be probably paying down first. Some of these decisions, though, are are best suited to have with a partner, to talk with an advisor, to have someone in your court that can work through and, and take a look at your cash flow, take a look at your budget, take a look at your expenses and see how can we best direct these funds. So at GNF, we help our members with that uh, through our smart money tools where we're able to help our members identify what is their budget if they haven't done one yet and how can we help them pay down the right debt, free up the cash flow to allow them to do that on a month-to-month basis. And I guess if you got that budget, but you wrote it with us, you know, four years ago, maybe you might want to take a quick look at it again. I guess you're supposed to ongoing reviews or what you're encouraging members to do. I think it's a great idea to review it uh, month-to-month if you're able to, Katie. But I think uh, at the very least, pulling it out, you know, once every six months or once a year, make sure that it is still accurate because things change. Use property tax, for example, or insurance costs, for example. All of those are going up. So if you use the budget from two years ago and all those prices have increased because of inflation, is your budget still accurate? Good advice, Tyler. And so what about, uh, you know, can you speak to seniors and also our younger members? What, what, what advice would you have for them? For our uh, senior members or the members that are making the decision now to take their Canada pension plan or their old age security. It's worth a discussion. You know, you probably hear around the water cooler or around the dinner table, all the different advice our friends and family are giving us about, do I defer? Do I not defer? This is a really great time to have a conversation with a professional that can show you the real numbers and how it impacts you if you were to take it early, if you're to take it at 65, or if you're to take either pension at age 70. These can have a very large impact on your retirement picture and really uh, help for creating the best longevity solution for you. For our younger members, you know, expect to see prices reset a bit in the housing market. We don't know for sure what will happen. Um, Time will tell, but we may see that with rising interest rates, you could see housing prices come down a bit. 
But at the same time, you know, we have to understand that there are rising interest rates that we're dealing with, which creates another pressure of how much can we afford uh, for the mortgages that we're about to take on. We still have the stress test that we're working with, and that means an extra 2% on the cost of your mortgage payment. So prices have come down, but the qualification can be more difficult. So this is really where you want to get a professional in your corner to see how you can best strategize this for your home purchase. Tyler, you mentioned smart money tools. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about those and how much they cost? Katie, our smart money tools are a proprietary suite of calculators and assessments designed specifically for our members to really help you see what's possible for your goals and your financial objectives. The cost is the cost of a membership, and that's $5. And with your credit union membership, that gives you direct access to our investment specialists that are able to look at and make sure that you're meeting your goals, meeting your objectives, and staying ahead of inflation. That's just wonderful, Tyler. I There's been so many uh, pieces of advice you'd offered us today, uh, looking at your budget, uh, being strategic about which loans uh, you're supposed to be concentrating on during during inflation. There's just so many things that we can do, and it sounds like, you know, talking with someone like yourself might help us sort of focus and figure out what's the first step. So I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you for coming in and talking to us and kind of demystifying the idea of inflation today. It's my pleasure, Katie. Thank you for having me. It's good to know there are things we can do to combat the rising cost of living and set ourselves up for success. So thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast. If you have questions or ideas for our next podcast, you can contact us through our website at gffg.com or call us at 604-419-8888. Are you ready to learn more? Visit us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can get great tips on everything from buying your first home to socially responsible investing and more. Subscribe to our channel and rate the show. We'll be back soon, helping you gain financial well-being with another Smart Money Podcast.